what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> show over at TalkToQ.com. Well, you know, I like to kick around a little sports, too. Me and my callers take on sports topics that are, you know, we have our takes that's kind of rarely seen or heard. You know, we not only discuss the X's and the O's, but we also discuss how sports is just a microcosm of society. The politics and the business surrounding sports are just as interesting as the game itself. Just like a zone coverage defense, we cover all aspects of mainly the NFL and boxing, but we also do the NBA, NCAAs, and more. So without further ado, let me go to the phone lines and welcome on a couple of my show legends who have already dialed in. To the 732 in New Jersey, I go to the man, my man Ray. Ray, what's going on? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing today? Doing great, man. Glad to have you on again. Been a minute. All right. We've been able to do anything. And to the 601 area code down in the Magnolia State of Mississippi, I welcome on the homie Eminem. Eminem, what's shaking, bro? Hey, what up, Q? What up, cuz? Hey, what's up, cuz? All right, fellas, so we'll jump right into it. You know, I might have to kind of knock the rest off a little bit. It's been a minute since we've uh, done a live show, yet alone a sports show. But um, I want to start first with the NCAA. All right, so... When it comes to football this season, when you consider the athletes are coming into contact with students on campus and things of that nature, Ray, I'll start with you. Do you think the NCAA would be able to complete an entire football season without an interruption interruption due to COVID-19? Uh, no, because the thing is, is it's uh, the NBA is working because they had a brilliant idea that I didn't even think was going to work, but it's working beautifully because they got everybody in a bubble and they stand in the same place. But NCAA, you know how it is when you're in college, and you know, and these are big, big, big campuses, you know, 50, 70,000 students and stuff like that. So it's kind of, you know, it's hard for you to stay away from the girls. It's hard for you to not go certain places, and these kids want to go to bars and you know, like I don't stay too far from Rutgers, so you know it's like 
they throwing all these parties and doing all this kind of stuff. They just don't understand at that age that in order for things to work or us to move past all this, you have to stay isolated as much as possible. These guys are only thinking about the here and the now. And whether you're a football student, you may be serious, but the other guys on the team are not. So it's going to be hard for them to do that. I I expect there to be several interruptions. I was just seeing the other day that Alabama had over 1,000 students test positive already. And and, and the uh, school year just started, what, two weeks ago or something like that. So, no, I don't believe they'll be able to do it. And it's sad and it's a shame and, you know, that all this is interrupted. A lot of people are not going to get drafted or some people's stock is going to fall due to them not being able to perform and see them on the field. And, you know, there's really nothing that you can really tell these kids because there's too many people to talk to. They ain't like anything else where you talk to. 10 or 15 people and you can get them on board everything can be all right you got hundreds not just the football team but the basketball team the baseball team that's all on one campus so no i don't think they'll be able to do it because football is going to set a bad example for all the other sports okay well let's see eminem before i get your take let me go to the 850 um, area code in Pensacola, Florida, and welcome on. Buck, Buck, what's happening, man? What's up? How's everybody doing today? All right, Buck. Eminem, let me get your two cents, man. What do you think about the NCAA? You think they're going to be able to uh, finish the season with all the COVID going on? Um, not the way they, not the way the current setup is, but I think the, um, the original idea that just kind of was an uproar where the students pretty much stayed home online and the athletes was on campus. Now, that would have created more of a bubble effect. It could have curtailed a lot of stuff, but just, like, letting everybody be on campus as is and that kind of stuff, it's, it's going to be, man, and, and, you know, and I, I agree with, you know, what what, uh, what Ray was saying about, uh, you know, it's not like you're talking to, like, you know, 10 or 15 people. You're talking to, you know, uh, hundreds, and in and, and, and most D1 cases, you know, tens of thousands of, of students. But if they would have uh, – if everybody would have made that sacrifice and not just hated on athletics and been like, well, okay, for the fall session, like, students are at home virtually – learning and nobody's on campus but athletes it would have created more of a uh, it would have been easier to sustain you know uh, some of the possibilities of outbreak coaches can kind of isolate the players more but when you get everybody mixed on and going to class and all that kind of stuff like that man it's it's going to be hard to to just you know it's going to be hard to just keep everybody from uh just, you know, doing what they need to do to let the whole, not just football season, but going into basketball season too. But, uh, you know, I, I just think that uh, the original idea of, of kind of creating a bubble with online, I mean with uh, students online and athletes on campus would have worked. But but when that kind of fell through and people were saying, well, that ain't right if, if players can be on campus, but we got to be at the house. But I'm like, well, it's, I mean, shit. Students ain't making no money. Yeah, hell, the athletes is, but nobody want to hear that kind of stuff. So, you know, you know, who wants to see a, a great one or two games, and then right when you get ready to see 
LSU, Alabama, the shit got to be stopped because this or that. I mean, I'm just saying it's like, you know, that's the only knock on it. I agree. And so, Buck, what, do you think that there is an advantage for, um, like, the conferences who are, are going to play? We know the SEC is going to kick off at the end of this month. Um, we know a couple of other conferences said they're going to play. There are already some teams already playing. Do you think they have an advantage over the teams who are sitting this season out or maybe waiting until the spring? Well, I mean, there's going to be some advantages and there's going to be some be some disadvantages. Um, it just depends on, you know, what team and what conference. Um, you know, it's, it's just a sad state of affairs because they can't seem to, you know, get things going in the right direction. But um, in any event, you know, some some players will have an advantage because they'll be able to get seen the scouts, pro scouts and things of that nature. They're still going to be, you know, looking at film and studying and doing those types of things. Um, so those, those student athletes will have the advantage. Uh, for those that are not, they're going to have to make their own film and, and things of that nature so they can get it out to the scouts. Um, we don't know how, you know, we don't know what the landscape's going to be for the Senior Bowl or the East-West Shrine games, those types of games where the, co- you know, the NFL coaches come out and take a look at those students and, and uh, those athletes, rather. So it really, it's really a strange time to be in because we really don't know how that's going to, you know, play out. Ray, do you think the, um, the student, the athletes that are in conferences that are not playing right now, like in the Pac-12 or whatever, you think they should be able to transfer without having to sit out if they want to play? Um, well, that, that, that's a tough question because technically the school that you got a scholarship with, they own your rights. And the only thing that they're doing is trying to keep you safe. It's not about – uh, allowing people to go where they want to go and stuff like that. I mean, I think if you're you're a senior and you want to play, I think maybe they should allow it. But as far as just being a, a player on a team, whether you're a freshman, sophomore, something like that, no, I don't think you should be able to do that because it'd be kids shifting and moving all over the country, and I think it just opened up a can of worms that they really don't want to, you know, allow them to, to open. So. I would say no if you are underclassmen, but if you are a senior, I would say yes. Okay, I, I like that option. Eminem, what do you think, man? I mean, if the if the goal of going to college is to make money, then shouldn't you be able to go wherever you want to to make that money? Because you can't make it if um if you're sitting out waiting until the spring and these other guys are going up the draft charts. Well, yeah, um, you know, then then it all depends on what type of player you are, you know. Uh, because I know a lot of the schools, I think, were, uh, were passing the thing where you can get, like, pretty much a fifth year with no penalty and all that kind of stuff. So, um, if, if you know, if you – just say if you uh, – um, what's the name at Clemson? Um, damn, the white kid, quarterback. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. If you're Trevor Lawrence, okay. Yeah, I mean, you you got to have a season so much. I mean, because look, look what's on the line. You're more than likely going to be first, second, at, at worst, third pick in the draft. Um, you know, you want to get seen and all that. Of course, Clemson's playing, but just say if he was at another school and this was the case, well, but if you just, you know, I'm probably NFL talent, but 
you know, it ain't no guarantee that I even get drafted. I mean, shit, if they give you an extra year to come back, just go back and play, you know. Um, use the spring as a tune-up and then, you know, let it all hang out in the fall. So, I, I, but but to answer the question specifically, um, they shouldn't penalize the kids either way it go because, I mean, you, you, you signed at that school to play football or basketball. You didn't sign to the school just to say, okay, I'm going to this school because if that was the case, they couldn't have got you. You know, it's, um, it's no different than um, if this was the same thing with somebody going to the University of Houston or, or, or Xavier or Tulane to be a med student. It's just like, okay, if, if you can't do medicine, there's no reason for me to go to school. So, you know, so I look at it the same way with athletics. It's like, you know, if 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 I'm signed up to be a USC Trojan and, and I'm signed up to be a football player or a basketball player, that's what I'm there to do. And if there's no real advantage for me to uh, help myself, you know, further my career in the professionals, well, then, you know, I should uh, I should have the option to do that without penalty under the circumstances. All right. That makes a lot of sense to me. And so, Buck, you know, a lot of um... – Students are a lot of athletes are opting out and saying they're going to sit out the season and just prepare for the NFL draft. And like Eminem said, Trevor Lawrence is a top three pick. Do you think he should play, or do you think he should just sit this one out and wait on the draft? Well, you know, with this being an irregular year, this is something you got to think about. Typically, you know, you want to play, and you know, this is you know, you want to get in front of the you know, the, the the right right people so you can get noticed. But this year has been really different. The kids haven't been able to practice the way they need to practice. Um, a lot of these kids in the college ranks get to meet a lot of these pros because these pros come back to their schools. And when they come back to their schools, you know, they, you know, they hook up with these guys. They try to find out what they need to do to, you know, get their bodies ready for NFL. Um, but a lot of that has been cut out because of the, you know, the situation with COVID-19. So, you know, you don't get the exposure to the pros like you normally would. Um, Sitting out is probably the best option, but at the same time, you don't want to just sit out because you want to make sure you stay ready, you know, because in the event that something happens where, these guys are able to go ahead and play the whole season. You want to you want to be recognized. You want to be out there in front of the scouts because the scouts gonna keep scouting, regardless. Um, th- those are gonna be the first people that's gonna show up to these games, so that way they can you know fill up these rosters. So, you know, since you don't get the the national media exposure that you normally get, like I said, these kids are gonna have to go out. They're going to freelance on their own, and if they opt out they're going to have to do their own videos, try to meet some pros if they can, or try to hook up with somebody that went to their school that ended up being a pro, and try to make these videos for these, for these pro scouts to be able to take a look at. So it's, it's a really sketchy situation with these guys. But if it's Trevor Lawrence, you know, you want to get out there and get, you know, you're a top three pick. You know, you have the option to opt out, but you got to really consider, you know, do I, do I opt out? Or do I not opt out? And but you still got to be, you know, NFL ready. So you got to you got to get noticed. 
and that's where these kids are, man. It's a catch twenty two for them because you really don't know what to, you know, you don't know what to do. But in my opinion, you know, you really can't really worry about it. If you plan on playing in the NFL, the best thing for you to do is go ahead and play. But you also got to think about health too. So it's just, it's really, really tough for them. It is a tough decision for some, but I think Trevor Lawrence could sit out and it wouldn't hurt his draft status as far as his resume is concerned. Everyone seems to like him. Um, but real quick, Ray, do you think, um, and we'll move on to the pros, but do you think the Big Ten is going to play this fall and try to make themselves eligible for the college football playoffs, or do you think they're going to you know, sit out until later? Well, I, I, think, I think they're going to try to play because Big Ten, you're talking about, you know, the Michigan, the uh, – Ohio states and and you know Penn states and stuff like that. So that's where the big money is. When big money is involved, that's where all this stuff is going on now because of money. So yeah, I believe they most certainly will if there's any way possible. Because to me, with all this stuff going on, really they should not attempt some of the stuff that that they that they have, but they're going to attempt it anyway because they want the money. And, you know, I, I, if there's a way possible, I believe they will. So I'll say yes. All right. And so Eminem, we'll move on to the NFL, man. Now, the NFL doesn't have, like, the big student body to deal with as far as contracting COVID from random people or anything like that. But they don't have a bubble either, like the NBA. So what do you think the odds are the NFL being able to finish their season? Well, I definitely think the NFL will be able to finish the season. However, one of the things that um, the the biggest thing about the NFL, they're going to finish the season. They're going to play the season. That's no doubt. It's, it's too much money on the line. But, um, okay, I'll use, uh, I, I use your team for example, Q. You remember when um, Zeke had uh, got COVID? Yeah. Okay. Let's just say that's week 14 and y'all in a basically a three-way battle with us and maybe even New York, you know, for the division where pretty much one team is, you know, you win division, of course, that's, that's the playoff championship. And then, you, you know, that's the week that you have to be quarantined. So it's going to, without having some kind of bubble situation, my thing is the NFL is going to play, but – it's a possibility that 32 teams. It's kind of it's kind of unforeseeable that somebody won't have a a major player to contract something and go out. And I know people will say, "Well, with the NFL, y'all dealing with injuries all the time." Yeah, that's true. But a disease and an injury, the perception of it is different. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you got a pool of hammy. They're gonna be like, well, shit, damn, man, I hate that happened. But if you got COVID, then it's like, damn, man, who's around this motherfucker? Uh, they say the ball boy had went to the <clears throat> a strip club and came back, and and then uh, <laughs> he the one ended up fucked up somebody. So I'm saying it's it's a whole different type of scenario with that kind of stuff. So as long as it don't get too much drama around that, uh, for for finishing the season, oh, that's gonna happen. But um. I think honestly, it's gonna be some asterisks, possibly, and depending on who the asterisk fall on, you know, let's just say it was a situation where it's, you know, 
AFC Championship and it's possibly, you know, Kansas City versus uh, Houston and it's Patrick Mahomes and some kind of way the Texans, you know, blow up a lead again and the backup quarterback to Mahomes can't do what he did and then everybody going to be like, ain't no way in the hell the Texans would do. I mean, I mean, so, you know, that's the only thing. Um it's gonna be good. It's gonna be a great season for water cooler discussions because, for whatever that key player is to have COVID, nobody's gonna look at it like a, uh, you know, a normal football injury. So it's gonna be a All lot right. of excuses. <laughs> so it's gonna be a lot of. I mean, man, I'm talking about the, the media is gonna be crazy because it's gonna be a lot of. Um, it's gonna be a lot of hype behind everything, but you know, so. And Ray, I feel like the NFL had time to figure out some sort of a bubble the same like man I, I felt like they could have started the season maybe just playing division games only and having those folks like have those four teams in one city and you know kind of like a little bubble or something and then let them play each other and get those games out the way and then maybe rotate and move on from there I mean I, I think there are ways they could have done it but um do you think that they should have maybe reduced the amount of games to try to mix in some bye weeks in case people had to sit out and maybe play 10 games instead of 16, or they didn't want to give up that dollar from not having all 16 games. No, I think if you're going to have a season and you don't have too many issues preventing you from having the season, you got to do 16 games, absolutely. Now, they did make concession by not having any preseason games. But um, – I think they should have had a whole 16, but there's so many more players to control that it would be hard to uh, get through the season without some people being affected or, or very good players being affected. So, you know, it's not too much they can do now. The bubble as far as basketball goes, you know, you can put everybody on one compound football at 53 men on the roster with coaches and water boys and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, like 2,600 people. It can be, it, yeah, it, it, it can be, you know, even, even more, you know, more, probably more than that. You know, they probably, each team will probably have to, with trainers and everything, it'll probably get to 100 people. And over 32 teams, 3,200. Now you got to get negative tests on all those guys a lot of these practices. And the problem is with guys, especially young guys, is they can't stop doing what they're doing for three or four months in order to make this thing work. Because, you know, you still got guys who want to sleep with a different woman every night instead of getting you a girlfriend and say, hey, man, I can't fuck around. This shit's serious out here. Let me get me one girlfriend. Let me chill out. <laughs> guys, guys, still, like, you, you know it. They're not going to do that. Man, they got one girl, three girls, menagerie, twas, and fossils, and all this kind of stuff. Now, they're not going to stop none of that. So, if they don't stop none of that, how how can you control this? That's the thing. Whatever you think basketball players are, football players are worse. You don't hear about foot basketball players beating a woman and stuff like that. Nowhere. But the thing is, is that's how it's going to move. You try to tell the guy, say, hey, man, you know, I know y'all got to get your rocks off and everything else, but, you know, can we contain that a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know, these Ezekiel Elliott type of guys, no. 
and it's just not going to work. So it's going to be very hard to get these guys to focus for four or five months. You know, I hope so because, you know, we love our football, and, man, it it ain't too much like football. Besides women, good food, and money, what what else is next on football? So you, you hope everything work out, but I don't know, man. I, I just – when I look at the situation, each day go by to say, man, you know, no, none of this, not, no bad news, and hope we can keep it going. But, you know, with 50-something people, 100 people per team or organization, it's inevitable that something is going to happen. And really, they can't cover it up if, if Mahomes or somebody like that happens again and say, well, they ain't going to say nothing because somebody gets sick of God forbid they die or something, man. They gonna get the pantsuit off of them. You know, it's it's we in uncharted territories as we've been in the last six months. So we just have to hope for the best. But trying to get these guys to change their behavior and stuff like that, I, I just I just don't see it. Because every time you throw up a picture of somebody doing something, you say, man, I can't believe in this day and time they doing stuff like this drinking out of the same jug, smoking on the same bong and all this kind of stuff. But but the young, I mean, we've done some dumb things. We've done young, but nowadays they get dumber and dumber. You know, so <laughs> hopefully they can keep on, you know, keeping things as positive as possible. I would like to see them get maybe state of Texas where they got Dallas Stadium, Houston, and, you know, and keep games in one state or something like that, or maybe California or something like that, and try to run it like that. But it, it would be extremely hard just for it the factor be. of these guys are used to certain things. And, you know, how they going to go to Texas and California? They got some of the most beautiful women in the country there. And these guys can't help themselves. Yeah. I just hope we That'd can be lucky. football without no issues. <laughs> They'll be lucky if all they catch is COVID, to be honest with you. But, um, I mean, it's like it's it's, it's messed up because you, you want to see the finish, the season finished if they started. And I I just, like like Ray said, they're probably going to finish, but it's going to be, it has to be some stoppages. It's just too much going on. That's why I kind of look at this season almost like a strike season. That's why I say, you know, reduce the games and have some bye weeks and maybe give people a chance to recover. So that way, if someone does contract it, then, you know, they'll have that extra week off to try to get over it. And a lot of these guys' mentality is, well, you know, I'm a healthy young man, so I ain't worried about it. But it's not the fact that it may make you sick. It's the fact that you may get it and give it to somebody else. They're not thinking that, hey, if I test positive, it don't matter if I'm sick or not. They're not going to let me play. And that's what they got to think about. It ain't about getting sick. It's about if you get it at all, they're not going to let you play. And that's the hardest thing for people to understand, I think. Yeah, and then then we got to look at, uh, well, of course, he's retired now, but when you got older coaches like Marv Levy, uh, uh, Dick Vermeer when he came back, and, you know, some of the older coaches now is what uh, Andy Reid is getting up there. Um, uh, Belichick. You know, he's still smart. And I mean, he's not the youngest guy no more. So, so you know, that's a that's a quirk, too, that we hadn't seen. And you don't know how it's going to be when um, when head coaches start getting this stuff, man. That's going to, yeah. you know, mess with team morale and everything because they might not just recover like that too quick, you know. 
not to mention all the assistant coaches and stuff like that. I mean, all those guys can get sick as well. A lot of those assistant coaches are up in age. So it's a lot to consider. Even the owners, you know, got to be concerned. Shoot, doggone Jerry Jones, about 138 years old. He can't be yeah. around folks like that. Yeah, because then he'd like to be on, be on the sideline. Uh, well, Tom Benson, dead now, he used to like to be on the sideline too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so. I don't know. I think I think it's like you said, though. I think it's going to be kind of like a strike year. Like, it's going to start one way, but who knows what the finish looks like. It's going to be interesting, though, i tell you that. So, Ray, let, let's talk about your team, Ray, the Las Vegas Raiders. It's used to saying that. Um, Ray, what do you expect from the Raiders this year? I mean, what, what's your outlook? Like, a, you know, one loss record? Is there anybody in particular you can't wait to see play? What's your outlook for your team? Oh, I expect us to have a very explosive offense. I mean, we got Henry Ruggs. I mean, the guy scored 25% of the time he caught the football. And he's just electric. He's must-see. Hell of a basketball player. So usually when you put a basketball player in a football uniform, they can really shine on things they need to. Foot quickness, jumping off the floor, you know, good hands, stuff like that. So he he's ready to go. I mean, of course, Josh Jacobs. Uh, we got probably the second or third best offensive line in football. And we really ramped up our defense this year. We just picked up Raquan McMillan last week. So, I mean, I expect big things. But the problem is, is we got that monster called, you know, Pat Mahomes. To be able to outscore him is going to be difficult. That's why I was disappointed that we didn't at least try to bring in somebody like Leonard Fournette. Because although we have our number one running back, when you got two guys, that can run that ball like Minnesota can, you have a, a greater chance of you go to ground, Chuck. Imagine you got two guys that can go for 12, 1,500 yards. We're not going to throw back and forth with Kansas City. We're going to run the ball, and we had the ability to throw it. And I think we have some good wide receivers. Our other third, our third-round pick, Brian Edwards, that guy's going to be a hell of a football player, wide receiver, too. Had he not got hurt, you'd be a first-round receiver. So we got the young guys, Tyrell Williams. He's out for the season, but he really wouldn't do this. They made him up to be when they get, we got him in free agency last year anyway. But, you know, uh, Jonathan Abrams is going to be back this year, and that guy's a hell of a safety. He had everything moving. So – I expect us to have a very good season. But um, if we can score with anybody, we got a chance. And um, I like what we did in the draft. I like what we did in free agency. We got a couple of linebackers that's going to be starting. Corey Middleton and uh, the other guy, I can't think of his name right now, come from Chicago Bears. But, you know, when Danny Trenason was out, he was lights out. So, yeah, he can play. So, I really expect some uh some 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 big things. The offensive defensive line is different. We got the guy from the Cowboys, I forget what his name is. Then we got Carl Nassib playing on defensive line. So I, I expect big things. I mean a lot of people don't expect a lot from the Raiders because of the previous years the way it's been going. But I mean we have 
the firepower to really put up some numbers. Not expect for us to uh to come through and really make some noise. All right, all right. A D tackle you thinking about out of Dallas is probably uh Daniel Ross. Uh, no, no, not him. Not um, him. His name Malik is Malik Collins. Uh, yeah, Malik Collins. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Malik Collins can play too. Yeah, Daniel yeah. Ross went to Northeast Mississippi Community College, but uh, yeah, Malik we, Collins can ball. We got Jeff Heath from y'all too, so you know, although yeah, we don't expect him to start, he's gonna add depth. Yeah, he's gonna add some depth. So we gonna have a. A real good team, I believe. Anyway, every year, how many wins? Up, they really sneak up on somebody. How many wins? I'm gonna say we're gonna go. I'm gonna take eleven and five. Okay. All right. Let me see if I can get Buck back in the mix. Buck, you in here? Yes, I'm here. All right, Buck. What, what does Steelers okay. look like this year, man? Um, who do you think is gonna stand out for you all, and how many wins you think you're gonna get? Man, uh, our team's really, really stout this year. Um, Big Ben being back, being the main vocal point. Um, Big Ben's arm looks fantastic. I mean, it almost looks bionic in a lot of ways. His mechanics looks a whole lot better than they did a year past. I'm kind of thinking maybe he, he may have been. And I know they're not gonna say this. But it's almost like he almost was injured, you know, maybe even before, you know, before the season even started um, last year, before that first game against the Patriots. But he really, really looks good. Um, Chase Claypool may even press Juju Smith-Schuster for number one um, wide receiver. He looks like a seasoned veteran out there. I know he's just a rookie, but, man, I mean, they – He's been staying after practice, coming early before practice, um, working with Big Ben. Um, I'm interested to see who we cut today um, and see, you know, how the receivers shake out. I like the tight end pickup from Eric Ebron. So we got a two-headed monster as far as tight ends, and I think we're going to get them involved in the offense this year. Defensively, you know our defense was stout last year, and I expect big things this year with our defense with Bud Dupree coming back. And 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 T.J. Watt, I mean J.J. T.J. Watt really might be the next superstar in the National Football League as far as outside linebacker goes. Go. So I really think, I mean, the sky's the limit for us. I really think that we're going to do extremely well this year as long as health is, you know, as long as we stay healthy, I think we'll be fine. So um, I don't, I don't really with our offense. Now we got our receivers, you know. Good running game. I think our running game is going to be fine. Our offensive line may be a little bit better under Sean Scarrett this year. I think really that that was the biggest loss that we had other than Big Ben last year. The fact that we lost Mike Munchak to the Broncos really hurt us from an offensive standpoint. But Scarrett's got eight years of experience. I think this year our offensive line play will be a whole lot better. Uh, Better quarterbacking and the fact that we added a quarterback coach also will help us in the event that we have any issues. Um, at the quarterback position. But I really see us being – I think the sky's the limit with, you know, I don't know what the Patriots are going to do. We got to – you know, we can't shortchange Kansas City. They're the champs. Um, you know, Kansas City is going to be an issue. But everybody is not expecting us to do anything. And then typically when we start, when we really do things, I expect us to be 12-4 and four and be in the mix for one of the, one of the top seeds in the, in the AFC. I mean, I really don't see anybody that can really 
we can ground it out with everybody. We got a really good defense, and I think our offense is going to be stellar this year with Big Ben at the helm. So I really think that we're going to surprise some folks, and we might be in the we might be in the running for the Super Bowl this year in the, in the event that we play a full season. All right. And Eminem, what you think about your Eagles, man? Who's going to stand out for you, and how many wins do you think you're looking at? Oh man, I'm I'm so excited! I'm so excited because um, <clears throat> number one, the biggest obstacle we had last year was the injury bug. I mean, we was down to just you know pulling guys off of uh, off of uh, it wasn't even the depth chart uh, training camp and shit like that. So uh, and you know we still you know um, we still managed to uh, you know win the division. So. I'm so excited, man, and uh, at first, you know, having uh, Brandon Brooks hurt at right guard, I was like, damn, we, we, that's going to be tight, man, because uh, dude did a hell of a job, one of the best offensive linemen, especially guard position in the league, and I think he's underrated, but uh, he got a tour Achilles, but we was able to get uh, Jason Peters back, because at first, Jason Peters was going to retire, and then we ended up, you know, pretty much uh, think his contract's up, whatever he left, we got him back. So it's going to be interesting to see him playing guard, but it's not like he can't. But he, you know, he best at playing tackle. Um, but Wentz, if he can stay healthy, like all quarterbacks play hurt, but it's just like Wentz kind of remind me of. Uh, and I'm not finna start talking about basketball, but Wentz kind of remind me of what 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 Giannis looked like last night. Um, like you performing, you 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 upright. And you damn sure good enough to still play, but it's just like you're not the same if you're not 100. percent Then you got guys like McNair and uh, and uh, of course Roethlisberger and Brett Favre. It seemed like the injuries don't really throw them off. So that's my biggest concern. If he can stay uh, not perfectly healthy but healthy, I think we got enough firepower now with having DJs back. Marquise Goodwin, you know, opted out with the COVID scare, or whatever. But it's a guy. Q, you might have seen him play before. Went to USM, Quez Watkins. The dude is, he down on the depth chart. But don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if he really make a name for himself, um, if he can really get out. Now, I know everybody, you know, talking about Rigo or whatever, because, of course, um, he's our big top, uh, you know, uh, draft pick. uh, And Jalen Hurts, well, you know, I'm pretty excited about that too. I'm pretty. I'm, I I really think that uh, he still won't be able to uh, honestly beat out Sutterfield for the backup position, but I think you will see him on the field more because he's he's optional. I mean, I, I'm not gonna say it's gonna resemble maybe what uh, they did with uh, Cardell Stewart, but I wouldn't be surprised if you kind of see that kind of stuff. Uh, almost the way it was with. With uh, Vic, when he first got to us, you know, they were just kind of working me in and sometimes bringing me in and, and let him play quarterback while McNair, uh, I mean, McNair, uh, uh, go to receive or just do some kind of quirk. But, but to answer the question, man, shit, um, if we look anything the way we did last year in the opener with everybody healthy, I'm saying everybody's riding Tampa because – TB12 there, but I'm told we are the team to look out for in the NFC, you know, uh, bar none. Um, the Rams end up being a fluke. Uh, the Saints done got old, but, you know, still respect them. Um, 
Green Bay is always Green Bay with Rodgers, but if they don't if they don't uh, have home field advantage, which they won't, I mean they just uh, they 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 uh, they respectable. But you get them outside of Green Bay, you could take their ass. Um, Seattle once again, you know Russell won the best quarterbacks okay, over the last twenty years. But, uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, like I'm just saying, we are not going to have any adversary. Like fourteen and two, dude. Fourteen and two, easy. All right. And well, I'll go ahead and give my two cents. And uh, of course, I think Eminem okay. delusional. <laughs> but uh, the NFC, I don't know what to expect from the NFC. To be honest with you, as far as Dallas is concerned, um, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how this defensive line works. I really hate that um, they lost. Uh, I can't think of his name from Carolina with the uh, with the injury. Why can't I think of his name right now? Anyway, Gerald McCoy. I hate that they lost Gerald McCoy, but I do like the pickup of Everson Griffin on the uh, Griffin on the other side of uh, Marcus Lawrence. Uh, I think the defensive line is going to be a lot better, and I also think that the DBs, of course, is going to be the concern, and maybe definitely linebacker, but the DBs are going to be a concern because um, we just don't know what to expect. Now, picking up Diggs in the draft. Is big, and I look forward to seeing how he does. Um, he seems like he's been performing pretty well in camp, but, you know, this is just camp, so you can't really say. And uh, the offense, I think, is going to be fine. I can see the offense being top five. They led the league last year, but I can think they'll be top five in the offense. And hopefully they can be between at least 12th and 16th on defense. I think that would be good enough. Uh, they should have, you know, three, at least three receivers over 750 yards. And if Zeke can stay, um, you know, COVID-free, then I think he definitely can get to 1,200 yards without a problem. Uh, I think Dallas is 11-5. and five. Uh, Based on what Eminem said, that would put them second in the division, <laughs> but I don't think the Eagles are going to come right. anywhere near 14 games. And uh, I, I, I think it would be, be tight, but I, I think Dallas will win the division. Again, uh, they seem like they have a pattern of winning every two years, so this is the time. And uh, it should be pretty interesting. But as far as before we get into, like, who we think may actually go to the Super Bowl, as far as players to watch that are not on your team, let's talk about that really quick. And and um, let's see, Eminem, I'll start with you on that. And what player in the league do you think people need to pay attention to this year? Not necessarily a new player. I mean, he can be, but it can be somebody who may be on a comeback. So, who's you think? Who do you think is the player to watch this year? I'm I, I, I'm glad you asked me that, and I'm glad you phrased it like that. The player to watch this year is going to be Ty Gurley. Um, keep your eyes out for Ty Gurley, definitely. I think that um, I think that that Gurley, even though he had an injury bug, it was nothing super serious. I think it was one of them things, kind of like where. And this was going back to the Rams again. Uh, and I know Buck remember this. <clears throat> you remember how it was when Bettis was, when he came from Notre Dame, he was at the Rams or whatever. And um, um, it looked like, I don't know, I ain't going to say his career was going to be stagnant, but he didn't look like he was going to be the player he became once he got to Pittsburgh. I think Gurley going to be the same way. I, I think that, uh, I think that the, uh, uh, the, the offense is set up for for him 
more so than it was in the Rams. I think the Rams' offense was too predictable with him, and that kind of stagnated him. But but the way Matty Ice is up and down, the way Julio's up and down, that's tailor-made for a back to catch your ass off guard. So watch out for Todd Gurley. All right. And, Ray, who do you think we need to keep an eye on this year? Somebody that's not on your team. Oh, not on my team. Oh. Uh, I'm going to say DeAndre Swift, Detroit Lions. That boy going to be a hell of a running back. He's anything like he was in Georgia. And Georgia running backs, you know that's the running back school. The best running backs come from Georgia. All right, DeAndre Swift. And, but. Who should people keep an eye out for? Somebody that's not on your team who's going to have a good-looking year. Um, if he can stay healthy, J.J. White. Um, in the, you know, he's been injured for, like, consecutive years, the last three, um, two or three. So the thing is, is that, you know, he's really, you know, before that, you know, he was one of those consistent names that you always heard and were interested to, to see play even even though he's not on your football team. Um, I know it's been kind of funny because they've been trying to, you know, all the Steeler fans, some of them are trying to get him over there to play with his two brothers since Derek White now the fullback for the Steelers. But, um, you know, now they want the, you know, the trio. But my thing is, is he's got something to really prove because the injuries have really kind of hurt his career because he was on pace for being one of the best, you know, defensive ends that ever played until these injuries just, you know, continue, continue tomorrow. And now, you know, with J.B. on Clowney not there, um, you know, now, you know, he's kind of pretty – he's also been a vocal point. But now, you know, he's got something to prove. So, I think, you know, he he might have a breakout season in the event that he stays healthy. So, J.J. Watts is the one I'm going to be kind of keeping an eye on. Okay. Well, the one I'm going with, and it pains me to say it, and Eminem, it's your boy, uh, what's his name, Miles Sanders, the running back in Philly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, as much as I hate to say it, man, I, I think that he can be a guy that can really put up some numbers this year. Um, you know, I just think it took a while to kind of figure him out. But if they can make him the, the you know, the focal point, I, I think he can really do some things this year. And um, I also think T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end in Detroit, is on his way to being the next um, – Travis Kelsey, if things go well, with Matt Stafford being healthy. healthy. But what about sleeper team? Like, Ray, let me go back to you for a second. Who's the team that didn't make the playoffs last year that we need to keep an eye on this year? Well, you know I'm going to say Oakland, but anybody other than Oakland, I would probably say um, Tampa Bay. That would be easy. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) Uh, outside of those teams, if I had to think about it, that didn't make it last year, I'm going with maybe it, it's going to be tough, but I, I like Arizona because Arizona has good draft picks. Kyler Murray is there, and DeAndre Hopkins is there. So I think it could be Arizona. Eminem, what do you think? Oh, man. This is pretty easy for me. I know Buck don't like this. It's Pittsburgh. I just look what they uh, what they did with the merry-go-round of, of injuries and quarterbacks and stuff. So now having their true team leader back, uh, even though he's old, he's not the same. You can't put the game in his hand and all that. But just getting them young dudes to have somebody to rally around, um, I, I think Pittsburgh will be the uh, 
one of the sleeper uh, teams that get into the playoffs this year. But well, you know, I would like this. You know, I would definitely would say the Steelers, but I'm not going to say them. I'm going to say the Detroit Lions. Uh, I really think, you know, I think this is going to be the year of some of these quarterbacks coming back and showing that they, you know they're not dead yet. Um, I know, you know, we're living in a renaissance where we got a lot of new quarterbacks, and we've seen what Patrick Mahomes has done. We've seen, you know, what that fool's done over there in Baltimore. But this is the year that the older quarterbacks are going to reign supreme. Your Matthew, Matthew Stafford's, your your Roethlisberger's, you know, your Aaron Rodgers. These guys still got something to prove. Um, but I think the biggest surprise this year, Detroit's going to actually actually play and actually do a little something. They're going to shake things up in that division. Um, they may end up with a perennial, you know, team like the Green Bay Packers, you know, make them on the outside looking in because they don't have a good, really good defense. They got a couple of, you know, bookends, and I really don't know what, you know, I really haven't had a chance with this COVID-19 to really kind of see what teams have and what they don't have. But I, I just, I feel that Detroit is on the cusp and with a healthy Matthew Stafford, uh, I think they're going to surprise some teams because nobody really expected them to do anything. So I'm going to say the Detroit Lions. Let's see what they do. All right. Well, you read my mind. That's my sleeper team, Detroit. I think a healthy, a healthy Matt Stafford. Um, you got Swift, the running back from Georgia, and uh, Jeff Okuda, you know, um, in, the, in the backfield, in the defensive backfield. I, I just think that Detroit – is going to be a good-looking team. Now, I'm not saying they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they're going to be yeah. one of those teams where – I see. And then they got Carrion Johnson, and, man, that boy Galladay, he can really play. Martin yeah. Jones yeah. and Mike yeah. Galladay, that boy can really play. Yeah, so I can see them, you know, being in the mix. I ain't saying they're going to make it to the playoffs, but I can see them being in the mix and maybe on the verge or something like that. So, all right, so let's flip the script. Looking at the teams that made the playoffs last year – who do you think is going to fall back to the pack? And I, we're probably going to all have the same answer. But Eminem, I'll start with. Well, I'm, I'm going to say um, I'm, I'm going to say the New Orleans Saints. Um, I think they just they won. They was always one breath away just from um, you know, not being able to do what they have to do to uh, make the playoffs. Uh, now, fantasy wise, oh hell no, nah, that might be the best team in the league fantasy wise. But in the real life. Um, just having Tampa with all that firepower is hard to see them sweep them. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm not looking for Bridgewater to turn the lights off nowhere, but I, I think they can steal a game. And and the way Atlanta always plays against the Saints, who knows? They might can even sweep them. You know, even though they might not be the, you know, the best themselves. So, um, and then when you factor in. You know what I'm predicting us to do. What I'm factoring in, uh, and I, I agree with something Ray had said earlier about uh, Kyler Murray. I, I expected for him to make some noise. Of course, Russell Wilson's there, so I'm saying all that to show you how vulnerable it is for the Saints to have those uh, letdowns. And then with an aging quarterback, well, you know who knows that how that's gonna go. You know, Winston might come in and light it up, but you know he might light it up to the wrong team too. So you still got to win the game. So. I'm looking for the Saints to be the team that don't make the playoffs. <laughs> All right. I didn't see that one coming. But I'm going to say the 49ers. 
Oh, uh, the NFC is going to be the hardest. Oh, it's wow. going to be the hardest. It's definitely <laughs> Trump type. Um, I'm going to say the 49ers because the 49ers, like, I'm not I'm not sold on the 49ers. I mean, I know they got some decent firepower and things of that nature. They got a hell of tight end. Um, but at the same time, um, I'm not – I'm not a – Shanahan is just not – to me, I just don't think he has enough as a head coach. Um, and with the NFC being like it is, we don't know how Tampa's going to jail. Um, I don't think the Saints going to fall off that much. Um, and we know anytime that we not we don't pick Atlanta, Atlanta fool around and make the playoffs. Um so the thing is, I, I just don't think the 49ers are going to make it. I think they're going to be, you know, they're going to be way down. I mean, they, they'll be lucky to be 8-8. Eight eight. So I'm going to take the 49ers. Oh, man. Ray, what you got, man? Well, let me pick the team you was, th- you was thinking of, Q. <laughs> right. The New England Patriots. <laughs> These guys have been drinking this morning. <laughs> But uh, I, I, w- I would say all the New England Patriots, I mean, I like Belichick. I think he's the best to ever do it. But with all the guys that opted out of not playing, plus the players that they lost, it's going to be difficult. I'm not going to count them out, but I'm going to say it's going to be difficult for New England Patriots to make the playoffs. And then if things don't go well, I think uh, Belichick will throw it in anyway so he can get a good draft pick. So I see New England. Yeah, that's where I was going, New England. I, I'm looking at them at like, you know, six games or, or, or seven games. I, well, not. I don't think they'd be in the middle of the pack. They'll either be really bad or they'll be on the verge of the playoffs. But I, I just don't see. I think Buffalo can win that division for the first time in a thousand years, and um, getting a wild card in that division is going to be very hard. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think New England's going to fall back to the Packers. I was going to say the Packers because they just don't look interesting to me, man. That offense is still a concern to me, you know. And um, I don't know. I don't think the Packers are definitely – I definitely don't see them no 13-3 and three again. But, uh, yeah, New England I think is going to fall off. And so as far as this, we're going to not, you know, necessarily just break down every single thing. So I want to jump straight to the – the conference games, conference playoff games. So, Buck, let me start with you, man. In the AFC conference game, conference championship, what two things do you have for the right to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC conference? In the AFC championship game? Yep. Uh, I have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I, I say Kansas City wins in one of the most dazzling games that's ever been played. Um, this is going to be a game that's going to be really – they're going to be talk about, talking about for years to come. This is going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to be a lot of offense. But it's going to be a turnover at the end of the game that seals the victory for Kansas City. But um, I'm going to say Kansas City-Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game. All right. Eminem, who do you say? I'm gonna say uh, KC Houston, man, and um, and I, I'm gonna just go way out on a limb and say this was and COVID shakes up the world, and Mr. Mahone come down with COVID that week. Oh man, I ain't wishing that now. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying that's a prediction. <laughs> but like I say, oh, it'll man. shake up the world. It'll shake up the world because everybody and their mama know that you know, shit. KC probably 
can go back to back to back to back in the AFC for a minute. But like I say, this might be one of them years. The KC who and who again? in the NFC? Who gonna yeah, whoop in this? Oh who man, you already know. Yeah, who gonna whoop them? <laughs> Shit, them Eagles, baby. <laughs> <laughs> right, you said KC and who, Eminem? KC and Houston. KC and Houston. Okay. All right, Ray, who you got, man? Well, I mean, uh, Kansas City and and Jill, Lawrence Mahomes is healthy. We all got to take Kansas City. So I think Kansas City and the Baltimore Ravens. All right. That's keeping it pretty simple. That's what I got. I got Kansas City and Baltimore. Um, I just, I just, I don't know. I think Houston is still going to be decent, even without DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they picked up some, some, some decent talent, but. If David Johnson get that right, there's going to be a real problem. Well, yeah. and not only yeah. that, with J.J. White, I know Buck had mentioned something about J.J. White being one of the ones to watch. If J.J. White gets back and get that defense back on track, you let Houston put up 24 points on anybody, it ain't going to be the same result. That's true, but, I mean, as long as Bill O'Brien, their coach, then, uh, yeah, that's going to Oh, yeah, Bill O'Brien suck. I don't like track. him, but, you know. But like I yeah. said, it's a COVID year, man, so it's, it's going to be people – getting games and getting wins that, you know, that normally wouldn't be the case, I don't think, in a normal year. I just hope it ain't our team on the losing end of that. Mm-hmm. I mean. Right, right. <laughs> All right, so in the NFC, I mean, I got Casey in Baltimore. On the NFC, I'll go first, and I struggled with this one, man. I really don't know who to choose, but um, I think San Francisco is going to be back. So I got to go with San Francisco in the NFC conference. But um, I went with Seattle as a team playing San Francisco. I I, I just think that um, their offense is going to be better, and that's going to give Russell Wilson the opportunity to do even more. So I'm going to go with San Francisco and Seattle in the NFC Conference. Ray, who do you have in the NFC? I say, yeah, I got, I got the same thing. I got Seattle and I have San Francisco. They can talk about Tampa Bay, but that Tom Brady, I know once he gets hit, he's going to get shaky. Now he can get the ball down the field. Everywhere you throw it, he got somebody to catch it, and he gonna have running power. But the thing is, that offensive line, you hit Brady, they lose a the game. So I'm taking Seattle, and I'm taking San Francisco. All right, Eminem, who you got in the NFC? Uh, in the NFC, first seed <clears throat> got the Eagles, and then uh, for the for the opponent, um, I got Minnesota. And what makes you like Minnesota? I, I just think that uh, even with Diggs being gone, I just think with, with Minnesota's effectiveness on defense, that that's going to be a way that they will surprise a lot of people, including premier quarterbacks, where they can get over on a lot of people. And that, that's all. As long as you got a defense, you always got a chance. And uh, I think they their defense it will be the reason why they get that far. Of course, they're going to lose, but I think that defense put them over pretty much everybody. Uh, to keep them alive in games and stuff. So, and Buck, who you got in the NFC Championship? I'm gonna say Seattle and the Saints. Um, the, the Saints are gonna win the division. I, I don't have any confidence in Tampa Bay winning the division, um, simply because you can have too much talent and not make and, and not win the division. You got a poor offensive line. You got all that firepower, but you got to have time to throw. And we don't know what kind of system that. Tom Brady is going to be under um, in the Saints until somebody knocks them off as as the uh, division champions. I still see them winning. 
um, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. They can score with pretty much anybody. Their defense is pretty decent as well. Um, so, and but Seattle, you know, Seattle has managed to kind of restock quietly. Um, you know, they got a, they got a damn GI Joe action for a wide receiver over there, and I, I really think if, <laughs> if they can stay healthy, Seattle is the is the class of the NFC is the class of the NFC this year. So. I'm picking Seattle and the New Orleans Saints in the NFC Championship game. All right, so you got Kansas City and Pittsburgh, and then you have New Orleans and Seattle. Who do you have in the Super Bowl, and who's winning? I'm not saying that, I'm not saying the Steelers because I already said Kansas City was winning the game. So I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seattle Seahawks in the uh, Super Bowl, with Seattle winning uh, by three points. Take Seattle winning the Super Bowl this year. And Eminem, you have Kansas City and Houston in the AFC, Philly and Minnesota in the NFC. Who do you have in the Super Bowl and who's winning? I got, I got Philly 42 to 17 over to Texas. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, like Sorry, I say, y'all, it's that, that COVID year, everybody going to say, well, y'all want to beat the Chiefs. And I'd be like, well, guess what? We didn't play the Chiefs. We played the Texans, so. <laughs> well, you know, I think somebody need to take that to you right up. now. <laughs> I know, but keep key word. It's the it's that COVID predictor, that 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 COVID throw off season. So that's what I'm getting at now. I went now. I want to pick. I want to pick KFC at all. Nobody in the AFC to beat KFC. I mean, yeah, I say KC <laughs> in the in a regular non-COVID quirky year. But you think I just say something gonna be crazy this year. <laughs> You hungry? You hungry? Hungry, Eminem? You, you think about that tongue? <laughs> I can use some of that original recipe. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Yeah, it's a good thing we don't we don't drug test on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ray, you got Kansas City and Baltimore, and you got San Francisco, Seattle. Who you got in the Super Bowl and who's winning? Well, I'm, I'm gonna go with uh. With, with Buck said, I'm going with Kansas City and I'm going with Seattle. I got Seattle winning because of one factor. And it's going to be an important factor. I think Seattle is going to sign Antonio Brown. And they sign Antonio Brown, he's going to have to act right because his money getting low and he knows his last chance. So I think he will behave himself. And I think they will get to the Super Bowl. And when they get to the Super Bowl between him, Metcalf, and Lockett, man, they, and Chris Carson is a very, very, very underrated running back. I think they have enough to get done because San Francisco had them on the ropes. They just found their way off the ropes. So Seattle had San Francisco whooped them once and, and had them beat the other time, I believe it was. So I'm going with Seattle to win the Super Bowl. That's nice right there. And um I do when think Antonio Brown is too. COVID. He 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 more he 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 worse than COVID. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do think come week two you're gonna see some people get signed when those contracts are no longer guaranteed. Like, you know, oh, the Cowboys yeah. drop ha Cowboys drop ha ha Clinton Dix and I mean they could re sign him in week two or they could be bringing in Earl Thomas come week two. And the same can happen with Antonio Brown. So we could see some big things happening come week two. And that would be a great pickup for Seattle. But um, I'm going with uh, Kansas City and San Francisco. 
in the Super Bowl, and I got Kansas City winning it again. Um, I did think about Seattle. I didn't even think about Antonio Brown, and he would definitely change things for me. But um, I'm going to go with Kansas City to repeat um, a back-to-back Super Bowl champion over the 49ers. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Very Unsportsmanlike Podcast. Go to anchor.fm forward slash 15 yards in order to see more episodes of the show. Stay tuned for part two where we get into the NBA. Everyone have a good one. Peace out.